2020 has been an interesting year, hasn't it? I don't know about you, but I've had multiple people talk to me about how they kind of feel like they're almost just going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Almost like each month there's this new crazy situation. People are comparing it to levels of Jumanji or all this other stuff saying like it's just insane. And it's true because we really have had a lot. It feels like you start out and it's like the world's on fire. These wildfires are going crazy, right? And next month they're like, hey, World War III is coming, right? Like it's gonna, it's gonna happen, be afraid. Kobe Bryant passes away, people are heartbroken. COVID-19 comes along, right, and it just upsets everything. Everything changes because of COVID-19. Then, of course, on the back of that, they say these, these murder hornets are coming. Murder hornets? Are you kidding me, right? They're going to come, and they're going to be in the United States of America. And then, of course, the death of George Floyd, which brought about all this conversation and also all this tension right now. And it's just people are kind of feeling like one after another after another. These things keep happening. In fact, I kind of had one person say to me, I'm just kind of waiting <clears throat> for the next bad thing to happen. I'm just kind of waiting for the next bad thing to happen. I, I blame Carol Baskin for all this, but neither here nor there. <laughs> if you've been feeling that way, or maybe the people around you have been feeling that way, this message is really, really important for you. Because what I want to talk to you about today is hope. Hope is this amazingly powerful force. It is, the, it is the, the groundwork on which so many things are built. It's the source by which so many things are accomplished. And hope is actually the feeling that something good could happen. The feeling that something good can happen. It's actually the exact opposite of what so many people are feeling right now, waiting for something bad to happen. Hope is that feeling something good could happen. Here's what I believe. Us who claim to be Jesus followers, I believe that we are meant to be marked by an atmosphere of hope. Marked by an atmosphere of hope. That us who are Jesus followers, we should have an air of hope that follows around us and that people experience wherever we go. Now that being said, how do we do that? Especially say in a year like 2020, right? Jesus, <clears throat> he gives us a great example, okay? For us who are Jesus followers, it's not that our eyes aren't on the situation that's at hand, like we're, we're going to block out that stuff and not notice it, but instead it's that we shift our focus and that we put it on Jesus. In fact, that's going to be our source of hope. In Matthew 12, 18 through 21, this is a prophecy from Isaiah from hundreds of years earlier, and here's what it says. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. This is talking about Jesus. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious. And his name will be the hope of all the world. This is a promise that we as Jesus followers that we have, that Jesus is promised to bring justice and to be victorious and that his name is the source of hope for the entire world. You see, for us as Jesus followers, it's not that we forget about what's going on currently, but we set our eyes on hope and our hope is named Jesus Christ. 
You know, multiple times throughout this year and last year, I've had counseling sessions with people who will talk to me about a circumstance in their life, a situation, a relationship, something that's going on, a sickness. And when I ask them about it, if they're honest, they say, I don't see how there's any hope. When I survey the situation, it feels as though nothing is going to change. Nothing can get better. And to be honest with you, very often I would say, that's probably a fair assessment. When you look at the situation, when you look at what's going on, when you look at the relationship, you could say, I don't see any way this could happen. But then what I always do is pull back and say, okay, that, that's fine. But do me a favor for a second. Take your eyes off of all the circumstances for a second and put your eyes on, on Jesus. Could Jesus change the circumstance? Do you believe Jesus is powerful enough to change that person? Do you believe Jesus is powerful enough to overcome that circumstance? And very, very often people say, yeah, yeah, I do. And all of a sudden, as we pull our eyes from just the assessment and putting our eyes on the current situation and instead put our focus on Jesus, we recognize we have hope. Because we aren't just looking at the current circumstance, we're looking at Jesus who is more powerful than the current circumstance. And when our focus is on Him, He literally is the hope of the world. You see, this is the case. We put our focus on Jesus and we can find hope in the hardest circumstances. We put our focus on Jesus and we can find hope even in the hardest circumstances. Listen to me, friends. This is literally the story of the gospel. This is the story that we've talked about so many times, right? The gospel of Jesus is that we were separated from God because of our sin. The wages of sin is death. We were separated from God and it was hopeless. It was hopeless. There was no shot we were going to be able to make it back to God. But then Jesus, the name of hope, showed up that he did the work. He lived the perfect life we couldn't. He died the death that we were supposed to, and he paid for the sin that we were supposed to pay for. Friends, maybe you just feel lost right now because you feel disconnected from God. You don't know what your, what your relationship with him is. You don't know where your soul would be going if you were to exit this side of eternity. And maybe for you, it's just recognizing, friends, there's hope. Jesus made a path for you back to God. And even today, you might take that step and just ask forgiveness from your sins, from Jesus. Invite him into your life and make him the king. Say, I want to follow after you. And as you do, that he's going to bring hope to your heart and hope to your soul. When we put our focus on Jesus, we can find hope even in the hardest circumstances. But you know what's cool is it doesn't just end there. It's not just that we as believers are like supposed to have hope when other people don't have hope, right? I mean, that would be cool in and of itself, but it's actually even better than that. It actually says this in Romans 15, 13. This is what Paul says. I pray that God, the source of hope, we have that source, right? Will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, we trust in God because of Jesus. We have that joy and that peace. But it's not just that he says you're going to have hope. He says you are going to overflow with hope. What does it mean to overflow? 
It means more than you can contain. It means it comes out of whatever it is that you're holding it in, carrying it in, and it spreads to other people. You know, I've been thinking so much about this year with the whole COVID-19 thing. And there's been so much conversation about trying to stop the spread, right? And what we can do. And of course, one of the scary things is if you're a carrier, maybe you're a carrier of the virus and you have to be careful and put a mask on, even if you don't have signs, because you could be a, a carrier of the virus, right? Here's what I think. We as Jesus followers, we're supposed to be hope carriers. We're supposed to be infected with it and we're supposed to take it and let it overflow to other people around us. We're meant to be hope carriers. I believe that we are meant to spread hope around our community, that we have it and that as the Holy Spirit empowers us in it, it would overflow from us and it would touch other people. Friends, here's what I think. Jesus followers are meant to spread hope like a virus. We're meant to spread hope like a virus. Now, how can we do this, okay? Jesus gave us awesome examples when he was here. Of course he did. He's Jesus, right? He is the name of hope. One time Jesus saw this guy who had been born blind, and people were kind of wondering what's going on with this guy. And Jesus ends up going and interacting with him. And here's what happens in John 9, 6 through 12. It says, Then he spit on the ground, he made mud with the saliva, and he spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. It's pretty weird, right? People are like, wait, what is, what is going on? Don't worry. Jesus turned to everyone. He says, don't worry. He never saw it coming. Ah, funny. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I'm the same one. Some people are like, is that Bob? And he's like, no, nah, that can't be Bob. Bob's blind. And he's like, I'm Bob, right? Like he's like trying to remind them, okay? It's as they asked, well, who healed you? What happened? And he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud, spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. Where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. It's pretty interesting because Jesus comes and he, he heals this man who's, who's blind and then he just disappears. You'd be interested, we'd, we'd think like Jesus would hang around and explain who he is and all this, but he just goes and he heals this man and he moves on to someone else. In fact, this man gets called in by the Jewish leaders. They ask him, how are you seeing now, right? Because they knew about him and they even bring in his mom and dad and they go, I don't know, talk to him. He says, was this guy Jesus? And they go, well, well, who is he? You know what? He's, I don't know, maybe he's a prophet. There's something amazing. And they're like, but you know, how could God? And he just basically says, I, I don't even know. All I know is I was blind and now I can see. And they end up kicking him out. They say basically like, oh, you've been a sinner your whole life. You're, you're terrible. And they kick him out. And what's interesting is then Jesus comes back and bumps into this guy a second time. Here's what it says in John 9, 35 through 38. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the son of man? That's his name for himself. That's what Jesus called himself as the son of man. And the man answered, well, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you, which that whole situation is just so amazing that Jesus says you've seen him because, of course, the man had no sight before this. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. You see, Jesus did bring the gospel, the good news of who he was, that he was God, and he healed this man at a deep spiritual level. But before he did that, he just met him at a practical level. He healed his eyes and he took care of that. 
You see, as Jesus followers, of course, we want to bring eternal hope to people. We want them to understand who Jesus is and understand um, his path to heaven. Of course, we want to do that. But I think some people, they don't have enough hope to believe the gospel could be true. I think some people, the world has beat them up. This, this, this situations have tore down their hope to the place that you telling them the good news, that's what literally the gospel means, the good news, that something that good can happen, I think they almost can't believe it yet. How could something that good happen to me? How could me, how could God love me so much that he already paid for all my sins? That seems too good to be true. You see, I think that hope is the perfect primer for the gospel. That hope is the perfect primer for the gospel. And Jesus knew this. Instead of just going up and saying, did you know that there's a God who loves you so much, who wants to restore your relationship with him? Instead, Jesus came and he just served him with the thing he needed most. And this man all of a sudden had his eyes open physically, but I think also spiritually, he started having hope. Maybe something good can happen. And Jesus comes back and says, do you know who the son of man is? And of course, I think there's some more interaction there. Maybe we don't even get of him explaining this. And he says, I want to believe. And he says, you've seen him. And this man can then trust and believe in this good news. Listen, I believe hope is the perfect primer for the gospel. Because we as Jesus followers, we should follow this pattern. Let us not just try to bring the gospel to people. Let us prime them with hope. And how did Jesus do this? He just served them right where they were at. And that's what we can all do. We can do something for someone tangibly right where they're at and bring that feeling of hope. Get them feeling something good can happen because then I believe that primes them for the opportunity which we could actually share the gospel with them. You know, for some of you, you've been having that feeling like, I'm just waiting for the next bad thing to happen. That's honestly how you've been, you've been dealing with this and you're like kind of holding on, but it's, it's a struggle. And you're not crazy if you feel that way. 2020 has had plenty of reasons for us to feel down, plenty of reasons for us to feel anxious, definitely plenty of reasons where you could walk through and say, the situation looks hopeless. But I'd love to invite you, if you're in that circumstance, I would love to invite you just for a second. Would you picture whatever that source of tension is, whatever that thing is in your mind, would you just picture it right now? And then would you picture Jesus? And would you just picture the idea of how powerful and how strong he is? And would you just move your focus from those things over onto Jesus? And as you do, as you shift your focus, I believe all of a sudden those other things are going to change in your mind. As we continually focus in on Jesus, if you're a Jesus follower, you have a source of hope. Is Jesus more powerful than these circumstances? If the answer is yes, then you have hope even if it may look hopeless. Remember I told you, when we put our focus on Jesus, we can find hope even in the hardest circumstances. For the rest of us, whether you're that person whether you've been doing pretty good right now, you think, I'm fairly hopeful. It's not just that we want to have hope when the rest of the world doesn't. That's not where we want to stop, right? It's that God wants to use us. He wants to give us hope that would overflow from us and touch the community. And that's why this weekend we kick off Hope Week 2020. That's why this weekend we are going to start pushing into this next week of going and serving our community, just like Jesus did. Before he ever present the gospel, he just went and served them right where they're at. And that's what Hope Week is 
is all about. It's about going and taking care of something, making something better, helping someone out. And when we go and serve people right where they, where they are, we have this opportunity to be able to spread hope to other people, to show them something good can happen. You see, right now, I think so many people, because of all this tension, they're pulling back and they're contracting. They're taking care of theirs and, and they're fearful. But for us as the church to step forward and to serve and to give and to go, it is an indicator of our belief something good is going to happen and that God's going to use that to spread into this community. In fact, not only that, but I think God's going to use you to prime some people for the gospel. We believe that hope is the perfect primer for the gospel, that some of you are going to have a conversation because of all this. I actually love in 1 Peter 3, 13 through 16, it says this, Now, who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? And I think that's Hope Week, right? Just going and doing something that's good. But even if you suffer for doing what's right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope, as a believer, always be ready to explain it, but do it in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if someone speaks against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. I love it. He says, well, who's going to be mad if you're just doing good things? And it's like, well, that's literally Hope Week. We've said that before. People might not believe what we believe. People may not trust the same God we trust. But everyone says, well, I'm glad that they're painting parks. I'm glad that they're pulling weeds. I'm glad they're taking care of this area. But he said, you know what might happen? Someone might ask you, why do you have hope? And I believe that that's going to be the case for some of you. Some of you are going to serve and it is going to be a primer for a conversation about your hope. You're going to say, why are you doing this? And you're going to get to tell them it's because we have hope. The feeling that something is good, good is going to happen and is based on our love for Jesus. Friends, this next week, I want to challenge all of you. Would you go and would you serve your community during Hope Week? Every single one of us have a responsibility to this. God has given us hope and we are meant to spread it to our surrounding areas. Make a plan now. This year is Build Your Own Hope Week and you need to find a project. Find someone you can help. Find something you can do in your community to make it better. And this is what I believe, that if this next week, if we all take this on and we all go and we all serve, we will spread hope in this community like a virus.